being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service with us today. He's over at Bowles and Platte Canyon in the Littleton area. So if you need anything done to your vehicle, he is our our guy in that area. And uh, Steve's a great guy and got great people there. So whatever you need, by all means, swing by, say hi, and uh, get done whatever you need done, especially as we head into the winter months, which is here. I know it doesn't seem like it today, but trust me, we will have winter. We've already had a little bit. And it will continue on, so whatever you need, be sure to go there. Question of the day, what modification on a pickup truck, SUV even, do you see as the most useless modification? Soren, what's going on, sir? Oh, not much. Just working Good. a tractor today. Good. Yeah. So what's your answer for us? Well, death is pretty useless. Oh, deaf? Yeah, deaf is pretty useless. I'll, I can't dis- I can't disagree there. And also offset rims. That one I'm glad you said. I, the, I, every time I'm driving down the road and I see one of these guys with a lifted truck and I see the way, you know, positive offset rims, which is for all of you listening, that's moving the wheel way outside of the center line of the wheel itself, which most vehicles now are the opposite of that. That's the way they're designed. And every time I see one of those Soren, especially guys that are hauling stuff, I just think to myself, you knucklehead. You you just limited the carrying capacity of the vehicle. I doubt very seriously if the wheels even meet the weight capacity of what you're towing it, you know, what, what's being towed and so on. And I, that one, Soren, I don't understand. I just don't get it. It's just such an idiotic thing to do to your perfectly good pickup. I agree. And, and, and frankly, I, and this is just me, I know everybody's got a different opinion on things, but I don't even like how they look. I just don't like the looks of it either. They're the ugliest. They wreck the value. They are just stupid. And it's a big fad right now. When I was at SEMA you know, uh, last week, uh, week before last, I should say, uh, it's, a, it's a big fad. There are a lot of them out there doing that, Soren. I kind of wish insurance companies made it so that uh, when people did that to their pickups, they couldn't insure them anymore. Well, and some may already be that way. They just don't know it because they've never asked, Soren. It's just such a waste of money, and it wrecks your pickup. Yep, I cannot argue that. Yeah. Good one. Soren, appreciate you. it is a pretty nice day out today. Yes, it is. Enjoy your day, and don't work too hard, man. Okay. All right. Have a good one, Soren. Thank you very much. By the way, I appreciate it. Andy in Westminster, you're next. John, uh, about a month ago, you you had test-driven a Kia and and something else. Uh, And I was just wondering, what was that other car, Kia and... 
Let me see if I can go back in my notes and find which. Do you remember how long ago that happened to have been by chance, Andy? I'm saying, I'm saying about a month ago. A month ago or better. Uh, let me look and see. Um, there was a Mercedes we drove. There was a... Going back here, looking at my notes here. Give me one second. Was it a Mazda? Uh, yep. We drove a Mazda as well. Um, I'm looking. Give me a second <laughs> here. It takes me a little bit to roll through these. Um, it, was a, it was equal to a Kia. It was equal to a Kia. Yeah, a, another cheap, inex, inexpensive vehicle. Uh, I suppose Hyundai would be one other one, too. Hyundai, we, Hyundai. We drove a, uh, a Lexus IS, a Toyota Corolla Cross Hybrid. Uh, that's been right at over a month ago. I'm going back into September now. And Hyundai, I, Hyundai is the car I'm thinking of. Okay. Hyundai and Kia. Okay. I don't know if you remember uh, what you said about them, but you you were impressed with with both of them. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, how, how would you compare them with a um, Subaru? Two different, completely different cars. Um, that's one of those where that one, that's easy. If you're looking at a, really, if you're looking at a Subaru versus a lot of other vehicles on the road, number one, and I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me on this, but I'm going to say it anyways. There's really nothing that compares to a Subaru. It really is in a class of its own, and let me explain when I say that. Subaru uses a boxer engine. They were one of the first ones to have an all-wheel drive component in that configuration where you look at a small car, all-wheel drive, they keep the center of gravity very low. Nobody yet, Andy, has done exactly what Subaru does in that regard. Nobody else uses a boxer engine, by the way, which means that's a flat engine. So that's a flat opposed either four- or six-cylinder engine, most of them now being a four-cylinder engine. Uh, reality, Andy, is no one does what Subaru does in the way they do it. So it really, in my opinion, is, and Steve can you know chime in. I, but it's, I, would, I would take a Subaru over any one of those cars, to be honest it, with you. It's a yeah. great car. And, 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 I mean, but there's inherent problems with every car, and, and Subaru has its things. So there, you, know, you, you may deal a little bit more with the oil leaks. We deal a lot more with oil leaks on And that has to do with that flat plane engine, Andy. But, but they're very nice, they're very comfortable, yep. and they're, they're relatively simple to work on for right. us. So, again, I have to be careful when I say that because it's not that I put Subaru above anyone else or below anyone else. They're just in a class by themselves. A lot of other people have tried to compete with what Subaru has. But when it comes to center of gravity, lowness, what it will even do off-road and so on, Andy, really it's in a class by itself. Uh, John, what makes that uh, um, that front-wheel drive I don't. You know what the what they call that, um, or all wheel drive, but the front end uh, differential or whatever uh, makes it stand out as far as uh, slippery roads, muddy roads, or whatever. Well, and that's what's that again. That's where Subaru, I believe, not that others don't compete well because nowadays with the viscous couplings and the way they can control. With ABS, even what each wheel is doing, Andy, every vehicle's gotten better when it comes to those capabilities. But again, Subaru uses it's essentially a front wheel drive with a transaxle that sends power to the rear as needed. Although a, a, a Subaru is a true all wheel drive, 
Uh, it does have the ability to, again, through the ways I just mentioned a moment ago, to transfer power accordingly. And because of its center of gravity and the way they handle things, you do end up with better traction with a Subaru than you do some of the other like brands. All right. That's, does that make that's sense? Good. Yes, it does. And again, it's, it's not that I'm promoting Subaru any way, shape, or form. As Steve said, each one of them has their pros and their cons. The one downside to a Subaru, and I'll just say it straight up, their fuel economy is not as well as what some of the other manufacturers that it competes with are, Andy, because, again, that boxer engine just isn't as efficient as some of the other engines in that same classification of vehicle. They just don't do as well, economically speaking. I did not know that. I yeah, they're I not as well that. on That's the fuel economy. That's very interesting. Most Subarus, you're lucky to get out of the low 20s. Okay. There's SUVs that yeah. do as well as my, a Subaru, Andy. Yeah, my truck gets low Yeah, 20s. and again, not a knock at Subaru. It's just everybody needs to know that going into them. Okay. All right. I, as usual, I appreciate you. No, you're very well. But great questions, Andy. By the way, thank you. I, that's a great question. Yes, we drive a lot of vehicles typically. Well, not typically. All the vehicles that we have test-driven are on the website. You can either go to RushToReason.com, our daily program, or Drive-Radio.com. Either way, links up to a system we've got where producer Ann takes all of those reviews that we talk about. She catalogs them. You can find all of them there. And we have not driven, frankly, a Subaru in probably... Oh, we, we drove a Crosstrek not that long ago, but that's about the only Subaru we've driven probably in the last year, so we don't get a lot of them. Now, also real quick on Subarus. Vermont, number one for Subaru sales. Colorado, number two for Subaru sales. So you see a lot of them here because we are the second largest market in Boulder, the city being one of the largest markets, period. You see a lot of them here. I will tell you, you go to other parts of the country and you don't see as many Subarus. It is not as large of a brand nationwide as probably we think because we see so many of them here. We think it's a big brand, kind of like... Toyota Tundra trucks. There's a lot of Tundra sold in our marketplace, but nationwide, there isn't. So it's another one where we sort of get skewed thinking they're everywhere, but frankly, they're not. And that's for our, our unique climate. Correct. Our, our, with our mountains and Correct. our snow and stuff, because Subarus are wonderful for They work what perfect they do. for what we use them for here, here. and that's yeah. why there's a lot of them. So Mark and Wiggins, you're next. Hey, good morning, guys. Good I was morning, Mark. To call at 11 o'clock on the uh, 11th of November. Awesome. Oh, thank you, man. All the uh, veterans, uh, happy Veterans Day, and uh, happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps, as I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps thank as well. Thank you, Mark. But anyway, I will vouch for Subaru because we have two of them, and we love them. We have the WRX and the uh, Subaru Ascent. I've had an STI. Uh, it's more of a race car than a right. regular car. right. Um, okay, really quick, though, but with everything I said Subaru-wise, was I pretty accurate? I would say so, yeah. It doesn't get the best of mileage, but I don't care. I like the way the there car handles, looks, feels, drives, and the safety rating there is you go. top notch. They mean safety. They they don't you know beat around the bush. We used to have a 20, or sorry, 2001 mm-hmm. outback years ago that the seatbelt was having a problem. And I took it to the dealer in Greeley, and I told them about it. And they warranted a vehicle that was over 20 years old. They fixed that seatbelt no problem. Um, so that, that really comforted me as far as a vehicle and a brand that stands as high safety. But 
Anyway, I was thinking about the uh, question of the day, and I really couldn't think of anything particular. Uh, I can say that I don't care for that uh, offset wheel bit. That that looks really ugly. And I think, you know, if you go far enough past the fender, it's against the law. But anyway. Uh, you know what, Mark? Good, good point. In Colorado, it actually is. It's just rarely will you ever see an officer pull anybody over for that. But to your point, yes, in Colorado, that technically is uh, illegal. I just look at some of these guys, especially guys that are towing and stuff. I just look at that and think you're just an accident waiting to happen because you're the vehicle has now been changed so much. It's not doing what it was, what it's originally intended to do. Right. And speaking of vehicles that do things that weren't intended to do, I have been following many different avenues as far as automotive, aviation, uh, you know, shipping and things like that, and, and looking for new designs of things that we already have or may have not really necessarily over the years, uh, new designs uh, to be approved, is which is a hard deal through the FAA. But I just wanted to say that I, I sign up for uh, newsletters of all different types of vehicles and, and manufacturing, but there was a company that actually this week uh, has test flown a airplane aircraft car, hmm. which is called Switchblade. And so they've been trying to, for years, been able to build a, a car that can fly, wow. which a lot of other companies have tried. Right. But this was the first week that I got an email that said, hey, we did it. We test flew this thing up in, I think it was Oregon, you know, up 500 feet off the ground, flew it around, you know, and it can tuck the wings in. And I think they price anywhere from like 150 to probably a million bucks, which is out of my budget. Right. But anyway, it's a really cool idea that we have advanced as humans and our technologies in the aviation and automotive world that we can combine something that, I mean, Da Vinci probably never thought was possible. So Very true. anyway, here we go, guys. Love you guys. Very true. No, you know what, Mark? Great point on that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Question of the day again, what is some of the goofiest things that you see or, you know, just modifications on pickup trucks you just look at and shake your head? That's the question of the day. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service's fall special and save $45 on a coolant flush. Even as the weather is getting colder, your engine runs hot. When coolant degrades, it becomes acidic and can corrode your radiator, thermostat, and water pump, sending debris into your engine. This debris, if left unchecked, can lead to major headaches and repairs. Reduce the chance of overheating, even in cold weather, and keep corrosion at bay with a coolant flush special from Geno's. Maintaining your vehicle will give you additional years of performance. Geno's is celebrating 40 years in business in Littleton. We are all for making your life simpler, offering loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Geno's Google reviews. Reduce the chance of overheating and save $45 on a coolant flush from Geno's. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. 
Here's why you need personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh on your side. He understands the way the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case, you've been hurt by someone else's negligence. The idea is that you're going to try to recover so that you can get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. What that really means from a jurist perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about six people that you don't know. Those six people view the evidence and make a unanimous decision that will decide what the fair value is. When you're the one who's hurt, you have a good idea of what you think it's worth. The question is, can you persuade those other individuals whom you don't know and were witnesses to believe that's what the case is worth? Kevin Flesh understands the way the jury thinks. Call now for a free consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. If you're new to the area, our Napa Auto Care Center would like to extend a hearty welcome. We'd like to introduce you to our top quality vehicle maintenance and repairs, nationwide warranty, and service you can trust. Stop by our Napa Auto Care Center for your special welcome kit. It has the information you need to get to know us, plus welcome specials to save you money from the very start. Visit NapaOnline.com. Napa know-how! Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Paul in Wyoming, you're next. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, how you doing, John? Good, sir. Thanks for calling. Hey, I've always wondered, sometimes you see these pickup trucks driving around with wheels, man, to make the truck stick about like two inches off the ground. Look like a go-kart. Oh, what yeah, yeah, where they're lowered so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what good is that? I mean, it, it doesn't even isn't. look good. Looks is all. It's there's no functionality there at all. None. Now you hit a rock that's about two inches tall. You're going to jerk something out of there. I mean, right? I tell you what, man. I've seen I've seen some stuff that's crazy. Yeah, there's no uh, there. I mean, as you know, there's no benefit. I mean, it's a looks thing only. There's no benefit to that at all. It's just complete. It's strictly a looks thing. That's all. Yeah, I just figure I'd throw that in there. Yeah. No, you are spot I'll on. All right, thanks a lot, guys. You're very welcome, Paul. Thanks. I appreciate that very much. Buck in Cheyenne. What's going on, Buck? Oh, I'm just sitting here on a kind of breezy day in Wyoming, which happens rarely. Uh, you are correct. <laughs> uh, your question of the day, uh, I think about it 
And uh, the some of these lift kits that they put on pickups, even some of the new pickups that come from the factory that are so high, if you actually work out of a pickup like some of us have to, trying to reach into the bed to get out your shovel or a hammer or nails or wire or what have you, it, it's pretty difficult. So I like some of the older style pickups that uh, are not so tall. There is no doubt that, and this, that was, by the way, one of the things that, of course, you even personally always looked at, you know, because using a truck to work out of, plow snow, all of that. Yeah, you cannot have a lifted vehicle, quote-unquote, buck, and then really try to work out of it. I see a lot of guys doing that, but I just, it's not, I don't care what anybody says, it's just not practical. I mean, unless you're somebody, you know, let me rephrase that, Buck. If you're six 6'5", already a big, tall guy, lanky, whatever, okay, fine, you know, you, you've got, you know, I'm, I'm 5'10", so, you know, that extra, whatever, seven inches of height, yeah, if you want to do a three- or four-inch lift kit on a truck, doesn't make any difference when you're that height. But for the average guy that's 5'10", to 6 foot, I don't see how you work out of one. Yeah, and, and what's kind of interesting is, quite often when they have one of those, they have offset wheels on them, which Correct. I know <laughs> you really like, and, and they have a hitch, trailer hitch behind them, a ball for a trailer, and they've got the hitch stuck two foot down so that they can pull the trailer halfway Correct. level. Which, if, in that case, too, as you know, Buck, and this is um, just it's just simple geometry, when you have one of those that you have then put that much of a drop on, your hitch rating is no longer the same as it was before, no matter how much of a drop hitch rating it actually has you've still limited what the truck overall will carry by having that leverage now on the hitch that wasn't there prior. So I don't care. You know, again, this is one of those things I've argued with different individuals on in the past, but you have diminished the ability for that truck to haul what it was meant to haul when you do that. The the other side of it is uh, it raises the center of gravity. So when you are trucking down the road uh, and come to a curve, a lot easier to roll. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And, and again, a lot of the guys will do the offset wheels on a lifted vehicle to try to avoid some of what you're saying. But then you've minimized what it will do in mud and snow and different things along those lines, especially snow. That wide tire, that low profile wide tire in the snow is like being on ice skates. I, well, but I think part of it, the manufacturers have lifted it and called it off the road. Uh, I don't know how many bigger percentage of the pickups, if you get away from fleet sales, are actually used for work vehicles. Not very and many when you look at that. I mean, most of those, and, and you know, they do like the ZR2, for example, Buck, they do that in a half-ton truck on the Chevy side, or they'll do a, a three-quarter-ton truck now as well. I doubt very seriously many guys are working out of those. Now, I will say that even even buying that vehicle from the factory versus doing one of them on your own, given I did that for 30-plus years in the two performance stores I had, Buck, the factory-lifted vehicle is done completely different than if you buy an aftermarket lift kit and stick on the truck. So even in that case, your factory version is going to be much more reliable and stable than even doing it on the aftermarket side. And I know because I've owned both. So I I won't argue that at all. Well, I will get off and let somebody You're awesome. No, Buck, appreciate it very much. No, thank you. And he is right. And and that, that is, there's a lot of... Ford on a Raptor, 
Chevy on a ZR2, Ram on the TRX, and yes, those are higher than what you'll find on a normal truck. And it's a select portion of the market you're going to sell those to. They're not most guys working out of them. They may be guys doing some trailer towing or some off-roading or something along those, or you're hauling your RTV up. And yeah, in those cases, they work absolutely fine. I've not seen too many. I have seen a few. I shake my head when I do. You'll see a guy with you know, a ladder rack on a Raptor or a TRX or something along those lines, and I've yet to understand why spend all that extra money to then load it up with work tools and so on. I, that's another one where I just kind of shake my head because you could have bought a regular, you know, uh, lower type vehicle work truck if you would if you're going to work out of it daily and again nothing against you guys that do that if that's what you want to do more power to you i just have never understood why you buy you know close you know on a raptor it's a hundred thousand dollar truck and a trx isn't far off of that you do that to then work out of it i that one i've never quite understood it's like why don't you just go buy a performance vehicle and then go buy a work truck and you'd have just as much fun at the end of the day now i get it you got two vehicles instead of one but your work truck, and the way I've always viewed it is that's what I'm making my money out of. I want that to be the most stable, reliable vehicle I could own. I really don't want a quote-unquote performance vehicle that may require more upkeep and maintenance. I'll buy another fast car, quote-unquote, as opposed to making my truck that I work out of my fast car. So, again, I, that's just one. Again, I've never really mentally been able to wrap my head around the guys that are running TRXs and Raptors as work trucks and if you're one of those fine maybe you can explain to me the methodology to that and how that works as i've yet to figure out and wrap my head around that whole way of doing things so if that's you let me know i'm you know not not knocking it it. yeah yeah, i just have never been able to wrap my head around that and i'm a guy that owns a fleet of vehicles so give me a call let me know a question of the day what is one of the goofiest modifications where you just look at your you know and by the way it could be car truck doesn't matter we're talking four-wheel drives but you know let me know what that is 303-477-5600 text line 307-200-8222 i got a lot of text messages i will uh, read through some of those as well we'll be right back drive radio klz 560 Take vitamins, exercise, ease up on the coffee. Sound familiar from your last visit to the doctor? Well, your Napa Auto Care Center knows preventative maintenance, too. By grouping together services your vehicle needs, customized for the way you drive, they can save you time, money, and hassles, prevent troubles down the road, and give you confidence when you travel. Ask your Napa Auto Care Center to build a preventative maintenance plan for your vehicle today. Visit NapaOnline.com. Napa You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972. And it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. 
But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. And uh, we had an answer, by the way, to our Chevy van earlier where we were having some theft deterrent issues. It's been determined that he was basically using the non chipped key the valet key we've now figured out we've got to use the other key i got a text message on that so thank you for the update and yes you just found your own problem so there you go but still change that battery and that fob as well by the way because all that still applies also i've also got several other answers on our question of the day that i'll get into is in a minute somebody and and this is by the way let me i'll mention some of those and then mark yes you asked me to talk about counterfeit auto parts so i'm going to make a note here um on counterfeit auto parts because i get so many texts they get buried so i just made a note of that we'll talk about that here in a moment and then um spacers somebody said wheel spacers yeah you know what in fact back in the day when i had my two shops uh boulder and fort collins uh, that was just one of those things that we maybe maybe did once or twice depending upon something we were building special for somebody but in general those were a no-go. I was an anti-still am an anti-spacer guy. I don't think they're strong. I think you can have other issues. Wheels can come off. There's all sorts of other things that come into play. I am definitely not a wheel spacer fan, and if you're somebody using them, I would highly recommend you go back to the right wheel and tire combination and get rid of your spacers. Somebody said those stupid rocker lights that guys put on. I actually saw one of those last night. My wife and I were driving, and I, or I guess it was Thursday night, and I actually saw somebody where all of the underbelly of the truck was lit up, and I'm just thinking to myself, why? Why? Really? Why? <laughs> uh, Charlie also mentioned the real, and I know somebody else did, but the really, really thin tires and spoked wheels. Uh, yes, that makes the vehicle ride extremely hard. There's no give in the tire whatsoever. The wheel is taking, a wheel and suspension, by the way, are taking all of the the uh, road harshness, I guess you could say, that's being transferred up into the vehicle. They ride like a meat wagon. And, yeah, I, I, I am not a fan of that as all. The big, stupid exhaust tips. And I know some of you listening have them, because I know some of you, and we've made fun of you. We had that conversation even at SEMA. And, yeah, I'm not one of those guys either. I, I you know, my old truck, I've got five-inch exhaust. It's straight. It sounds good and all of that, but I'm not putting any tips on it because anything bigger than five inches now starts looking really, really dumb, and I am not the big exhaust tip guy. I, again, I just think that's a compensation device. I'll just say it that way. I also don't like stacks. I think the stacks look really stupid. They're meant for semis, not pickup trucks, and I am not a big stack guy. I've already talked about rolling coal. That's a whole other conversation, which I am 1,000% against. 
And I, yeah, I'm just not one of those guys at all. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, somebody also said, um, I have fixed on both trucks. It came in handy. It does. Uh, oh, sorry. It does the emails, maintenance reminders, and so on. Yeah, okay. So fixed. F-I-X-D. That's the UB, That's the, uh, the OBD1, OBD2 connector we were talking about earlier. There's a product called Fixed, F-I-X-D, and it will give you it's sort of a fleet type operation thing where it will actually not only tell you what codes are coming out and you can then reset those codes if needed, but it will even give you maintenance reminders and so on. It's sort of like a little fleet maintenance guide for your vehicle through that device, and those work very well as well. So, yeah, thank you for the reminder. All right, counterfeit parts. We might as well talk about that for a few minutes, Steve, and you can talk to this as much as I can. And, yeah, and Mark, thanks for the reminder. You you emailed me earlier in the week to mention this, so I will right now. We've got some time. Lines open, by the way, 303-477. 5600, call us, we'll get you right on air. But counterfeit parts. The question I had, Steve, was for people listening, how do you know that it's counterfeit? So uh, I guess I'm, I'm looking, so you're talking about like somebody's copied in their. Correct. Whether it be brake pads, spark plugs, uh, O2 sensors, uh, anything along those lines, how do you know it's a counterfeit parts? I've got my own kind of way of looking or detective work but you know in your world you don't worry too much about like it because the majority of your stuff's coming from, from a Napa. major supplier yeah, from Napa, Napa somebody, and they're or, or the dealer or, and they're or, doing all of that yeah so I, yeah for me it's not a an issue so but I could see I could see what you, I see what you mean like when you're especially like Amazon and stuff like that you're you're taking it risk that it's a Chinese made thing correct and I don't mean to be you know but it, it's all coming out of China in general anyway just like you know counterfeit uh Nike shoes, right. same same kind of thing as what you're right. saying. So, um, so really quick, <clears throat> buy from a good supplier. Probably yeah, number <laughs> number one, buy, buy from a reputable supplier. Napa, something like that. That's one way to eliminate that. Number two, there's an old saying: you get what you pay for. <laughs> so, if you're looking at something and it's extremely, extremely inexpensive compared to what you're used to paying, pretty good chance that's not a regular item. Now. Like we were talking at the beginning of the show when it comes to the Milwaukee stuff and the air inflators and so on, where there's a big deal right now with Home Depot. You're buying from Home Depot. That's not a counterfeit Milwaukee item. They're just making a big sale. Milwaukee's gotten together. They're going to sell on volume. It's sure. Christmas time. That's a different situation. We're not talking about that. That's a, that's a legit deal. They're just selling it at a special price. And that's a whole other world. And I've got to believe, by the way, that there's huge markup in batteries. That's just my own thought process. I think it's a consumable, much like a printer in the cartridges. They'll sell you the tool and the batteries are extra. The batteries wear out over time. They're making money on batteries. That's my thought process. I could be wrong, but I think that's most likely what's happening on that end of things. So it's more of a consumable. So it's not uncommon to find cheap deals on tools because they're going to get you on the battery side or the charger or whatever the case may be. But go ahead. Oh, no. Actually, you mentioned that. We were talking about that Milwaukee. You can buy those Milwaukee knockoff batteries on Amazon. You got to be careful of and those. And they don't last, or yeah, and you end up. It's much cheaper. And I've done. It, I did it once. I know. I learned. You used to I buy some of those knockoff batteries for some of the two-way radios we use as a company. Same oh. deal. They just did not have the longevity as the original. In my case, Motorola batteries would have had. They were not one and the same completely different. So yes, to your point. And again, folks, number one way, in my opinion, to see that something's counterfeit is A, supplier, B, price. Mm -hmm. You can pretty much look at it and say, wait a minute, this 
this jersey that I'm buying is half of what it would be if I was buying it at Dick's Sporting Goods or someplace like that. Okay, most likely counterfeit. This handbag I'm buying, it's a tenth of what it would be if I went and bought the brand name. Okay, that's counterfeit. Auto parts are much the same way. Is this brake rotor I'm buying a tenth of what it normally would be from Napa, or is it half of what it normally would be from Napa? Most likely counterfeit. Yes, and, and you, like you just said, you're getting what you pay for. They're not putting the steel, or they're not kneeling it, or whatever they call it. With All the of steel. that. Oh, they're not putting the effort into that, and so it doesn't last. It no quality checks, the sensors. Yeah. And, and again, I, and I went through this. I had to buy a part the other day for my diesel truck, my, my Cummins, and ended up buying it at Napa because that's where I buy stuff. But just for grins, I was out checking around. We all do this. I was checking oh, sure. to see what prices were and so on. The, sen- the sensor that I bought from Napa was 325 bucks. Okay, It's a high-pressure rail sensor, 325 that's their, that's their Eklund top-of-the-line brand. No joke. I could buy the same part on Amazon for 90 bucks. 90 to 300 is pretty tempting to go spend the 90 It is. It is. But I'm telling you what, that 90 is counterfeit. It is not going to have the same quality as that $325 part from Napa is going to have. There is just no comparison it, between those two. And was it, like, boxed, like, the same, like a— like a Bosch or NDK? All or? they showed you was the parts, so you oh, have okay. no idea. Okay. Okay. That's the yeah, other so that, yeah, the, kind of the other yeah, thing is they, don't even show you what the box looks like. Okay. Is it come in plain vanilla? Now, some are going to say, well, how do you know it's not the same supplier building it for them as is Eklund? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Most likely not the situation, and I guarantee you the quality of that part is not going to be the same as the one you're going to yeah. buy from and Eklund. You could, and the Napa people, are actually, they'll tell you what they – They'll tell us because we buy it. Who the supplier is. Yeah, and they'll tell you how much they paid for it, and they're not making that much profit off I know they're not. Making, I mean, no. they're a good company. They they're make not a paying lot of money. 90 is the yeah, point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that no. part is not. No, couldn't, they, they, they're not one and the same. It, yeah. Great point, Steve. So, again, probably the biggest way to tell is just price in general. Jerry and Greeley, you're next. Last week there was some talk about parking brakes. Yes. Um, oh. Whether to use them or not. And uh, a relative of mine had a problem, oh, it's been quite a few years ago, but she was not in the habit of ever using her parking brake until one day she had to park on a steep hill, so she did use it. Okay. And then she couldn't get it released. And then, so she was kind of in a jam, and she she drove it anyway with the parking brake uh, applied and cost herself quite a bit of money getting that all fixed. Um, so I guess it, it had rusted inside the cable is um, the theory that I heard uh, from from not ever being used routinely. Uh, and I was wondering, is there, I mean, is that a, an ongoing concern? Are, are parking brake assemblies nowadays not uh, prone to that sort of thing? Not as bad as they used to be. The electronic ones, of course, are way different, and they're being activated completely different than the old uh, cable-operated parking brakes, so that's a completely different scenario, and you could pretty much use those, not pretty much, you can use those all year round. Our, our conversation last week was, uh, and Ken Rackley was talking about this from Toontech, wintertime, freezing, the, 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 you know, if you've got a regular cable-operated parking brake, the same thing applies. We've said for years and years and years, don't use it in the wintertime. They're liable to freeze, stay on. Now, are the newer ones better? Yes, Jerry, but I still think rule of thumb. If you don't have to use it in the middle of winter, don't. Okay. Yeah, I had a – several decades ago, I had a 70 Chevy half-ton where the uh, yep. the wire rope cable yep. rested inside of the spiral outer winding. 
but I've seen other parking brake cables since then where they, they have some sort of a plastic liner. They do. They put a sheath over it. Most of the later model ones, they've even got sort of a, a rubber ends on those to even keep the the rain and junk from getting down inside the cable. Now, remember, Jerry, depending upon how much that gets used and where it's at and the conditions and so on, uh, those will be pretty good when they're new, but as they start to get older and that rubber starts to deteriorate and the salt and the corrosion and so on, they can end up in the same ball game as the other ones we're talking about. And again, so as the vehicle brand new, could you use it all year round? Sure. As it starts to age, I would be more careful. Okay. Well, I appreciate the advice. No, very good question, by the way, Jerry. And that's one of those things, wintertime. You know, here's the thing. Most don't even use them. So it's not something as common as it used to be because we don't have as many standard transmissions. E-brakes are used a lot on standard transmissions, not so much on non-standard transmissions, so on automatics. Typically, people throw them in park and leave, even on hills, which for the most part is fine. I mean, the majority of them will hold. Now, I'm still one to help the parking, Paul, that if you're on a steep hill, put the brake on first, then put it in park so you're not putting all that pressure on the parking, Paul. But very, very few people do it. And for the most part, you know, 99% of vehicles never have an issue. It's not a big deal. The other thing that I've noticed, which is really funny... The majority of people that I see parking on hills that turn the wheel to, which they teach us in driving ed and all of that, if you're headed downhill, you're supposed to turn into the curb. If you're uphill, you're supposed to crank it into the curb, away from the curb. In other words, you're going to, if you're on the right-hand side, which you would be because we drive on the right, if you're going uphill, you want to turn the wheel counterclockwise so that if it starts to roll back, it goes into the curb. If we're going downhill, you want to turn it clockwise into the curb so that it will, again, run into the curb and stop you. I can't tell you how many people I see parking on a hill doing it the opposite. So if they're going downhill, they're turning the wheel away from the curb. It's like, what with that? That is not going to do any good. Now if it goes downhill, it's going right into traffic. You're better off just leaving the wheel straight if you're going to do that. But I digress. Most people don't even use parking brakes anymore because of the type of vehicles that we're driving. And the vehicles that have the push-button electronic brakes, everything I just said goes out the window. Most of the time, even on a hill, believe it or not, some of these are automatic. They're setting for you. Yeah, a lot of, a lot they of new know. cars have actually have a, a setting, and they do it automatically. I they drive enough of these. Where yeah. all, believe me, if you're on any kind of an incline, they automatically set. Even out here in, my, in the parking lot here at the station, if I park in certain places, we have some little hills, not very much, but in some cases, even here at the station, some of these new cars will automatically set just because you're on enough of an incline that it knows it must have an accelerometer in there somewhere where it just knows that you're going uphill, downhill, and it will automatically set. So, again, most newer vehicles, not a big deal. Don't worry about that. All right, we'll be right back. Another segment of this hour, full hour coming up after that. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Are you ready to revolutionize your ride? Look no further than Legacy Automotive, your one-stop destination for all your automotive needs. We're here to take your driving experience to the next level, whether you're an eco-warrior or a diesel enthusiast. Are you the proud owner of an electric vehicle or hybrid? Legacy Automotive is your go-to expert for top-notch EV and hybrid service. Our team of certified technicians is well-versed in the intricacies of these cutting-edge vehicles. But that's not all. Legacy Automotive offers a range of services for all types of vehicles, from oil changes to brake repairs, tire rotations to 
transmission maintenance, we're here to ensure your ride performs at its peak. Our state-of-the-art facility is equipped with the latest diagnostic tools so you can trust our experts to accurately diagnose and fix any issue. And did we mention our commitment to customer satisfaction? At Legacy Automotive, we pride ourselves on delivering a five-star experience. From the moment you step through our doors, our friendly staff will greet you with a smile and provide personalized attention. We believe in transparency and integrity, so you'll always know what services you need and why. Your satisfaction is our driving force. So why wait? Experience the Legacy Automotive difference today. Just go to LegacyAutoBoulder.com to book an appointment. Whether you're an EV enthusiast, a hybrid aficionado, or a diesel devotee, we're here to keep you on the road with confidence. Legacy Automotive, where expertise meets excellence. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. When you find an automotive repair shop with service you can trust, that's a big deal. That's why so many of our Napa Auto Care Center's customers tell their friends and neighbors about us. Stop by today and pick up your referral cards. When one of your friends comes in for vehicle service or repairs, our Napa Auto Care Center will reward you. Find your nearest location at NapaOnline.com. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. 
Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. And Mark said thanks for talking about the counterfeit parts. And yeah, Mark, by the way, Mark, thank you for that. And what I should have said along those lines, too, is that doesn't just apply to auto parts. There are counterfeit parts pretty much across the entire you know Internet on almost any type of a device you could think of. Uh, literally everything from I'm looking at my Yeti water bottle here in front of me. I mean, literally everything from that to headphones to you name it. There is pretty much a counterfeit for almost everything out there. Now, for some people, in some items, you know, whatever, uh, probably isn't a huge issue. It comes down to you and personal, you know, preference. And the one thing I've always been able to not figure out yet is how do the we'll use handbags for an example because there's a lot of counterfeit handbags out there, Louis Vuitton and others, and I've yet to figure out how they can't keep those counterfeiters out of it, knowing that a lot of these folks will just advertise out on the internet, Amazon and other places, and you can buy them all day long. And I've yet to understand why the big manufacturers don't stop that, because there's a ton of counterfeit when it comes to shoes and handbags and clothing and so on, even eyewear, things like that. We've talked to Alan Stack even on that before. There's tons of that out there. And I... Steve, I to this day don't understand unless it's just so hard to police all of it. I I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a division of time. Could you be. know you're going to spend more time in research and developing the newest and best here, and I'm not going to worry about that Correct. as much. Now, personally, am I going to criticize anybody for buying counterfeit parts? You know what, or, or counterfeit items? That that's your call. I, I totally up to you, personal preference. Uh, there's some items that, frankly, I could care less over. There's other items where yeah, I would not buy a counterfeit item if it involves. You know, my getting from point A to B, it involves some kind of safety. Uh, anything along those lines, you know, am I going to buy a counterfeit item? Most likely not. I, no, definitely not. No, no. Not even a most likely. Definitely not. Not going to. Um, when it comes to, you know, a water bottle or something along those lines, to me, that's just kind of personal preference. And if you want to buy something that's a knockoff and it works for you, you know, uh, more power to you. Now, there's others out there that would say, well, John. Now you're taken away from the person that actually designed it. I get it, but to me, it's like, okay, they need to go fight that battle. I can't fight that battle for them, and no offense, if I don't buy it, somebody else will. That's that's between that manufacturer and that counterfeiter to figure that out. Uh, now, am I going to do it on the street corner and buy from? No, I'm not, no, I'm not buying counterfeit stuff that way. I'm not that guy buying T-shirts at the concert on the corner and all of that, which you see. No, no, no. I'm not saying to support those guys, but if it's an Amazon item, or some website item, and it's legit, and you get it, and it's close to what the original is, and you're okay with it, that's completely up to you. And if it's not a safety item, earbuds. I'm looking at Steve. He's got a pair of earbuds in. Okay, and I don't know what brand they are. don't care. At the end of the day, if they work for you, and you've bought them, I don't care if they cost $10 or 100 bucks. That's your call. I really don't have any issues. I mean, I'm looking at the devices we're both using, the, the computers we've got. There's... There's original cases, there's counterfeit or aftermarket cases. Maybe not counterfeit's not even the right way to say that, Steve, but there's aftermarket cases. You buy whatever works for you, 
what I'm talking about and what Mark's question was, when it comes to auto parts, how do you tell the counterfeit from the original? I hope I covered that well enough. Typically, it's a matter of where is it coming from, what's the price you're paying, and then I use the example of even my own truck. Would I buy that high-pressure rail sensor, which, by the way, keeps the vehicle from running if it doesn't work properly? Am I going to get stuck on the side of the road because I bought a counterfeit sensor? Or, you know, counter- no, I, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I'm already having issues with that. I don't want to be on the side of the road. That's why I'm buying the high-quality part in the first place. Does that make sense? Sure. And there's, you know, another thing with that, um, sometimes, even though that part doesn't fail, it causes another problem down the line that you're diagnosing. Could be. And we've had more. You remember the, you remember the old split-fire spark plugs? And we'd go through all that, and you could, you could never find the misfire, and you finally realize it had split-fire plugs in there. And it caused, even though it didn't cause... Yep. You know, Those split uh, re- fires were awful. Yeah, but they I were mean, great for the first few miles, yes, and, and, and then, everybody loved them. And then and after that, they were not, every one of those I put in, Steve, I took out. Yep. And that wasn't even a counterfeit; that was just a different Bad. part. Yeah, but that I mean, didn't that's work. but the counterfeit will cause that. That's right. Other problem that's so hard to diagnose, and then you realize great point. it's because of that. Got another example. Somebody texted in back about a decade or so ago. There were counterfeit Square D circuit breakers. Oh. In panels oh, no. that made their way into the wholesale supply chain, and that was a whole bad idea. Yeah, I can. Th- again, that's a safety item. I don't want a counterfeit breaker going into my panel in my house that I'm then relying on to trip when necessary. That either is a going to trip when it's not supposed to, or trip when you know should trip but didn't and cause other issues. Yeah, that's another. Again, that's a safety area mm-hmm. to where personally. I'm not going to buy a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. I do my very best to not buy counterfeit in general because typically the quality just isn't as good. But I'll be the first to tell you that, you know, if, if I buy a set of headphones mm-hmm. that look very similar to another name brand headphone, but I can use those for X amount of time, which I use here on a daily or earbuds, I use those on a daily basis here. Uh, if I can use them and get by with it and it works for me, I don't have any problem buying those. Uh, charge cords that you can go buy the original, you know, Apple, Google, whatever charge cord. Is it the same as somebody's quote unquote aftermarket charge cord? Probably not. Now there's been some studies even done on that, that will tell you that some of the aftermarket products are not even made to the right specifications and could cause damage to the device you're charging because of that cord. So again, these are things you have to do some research on and even determine in that area is that item going to work for me or cause, to your point, Steve, other problems based upon the, the, the inexpensive device I bought that I really thought I was going to save money with. Are you really saving money in the end is the question. Mm-hmm. It still goes back to that old, you know, you get what you pay for. Now, I also realize that there are some companies that get a lot of money for an item just because it has their name on it. I'm also not that individual. I personally... I don't really care if it's got a name brand on it or not. In fact, I'm a person that rarely will even wear something with a logo on it because, frankly, I don't need to advertise for you for free. If you're paying me to wear it, then I'm all in. If you're not paying me to wear it, I'm liable not to. Now, does that mean I won't wear something that's got a logo? No, there's times I'll still wear something that's logo just because I may even like that product. But typically for me personally... I'm not a big logo guy. In fact, part of the reason why I take all the stuff off of a car is, A, it looks cleaner. B, I don't need to advertise for whoever it just came from. 
That's just the way I do it. Everybody's different. Another hour coming your way. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.